When I had my first daughter, Aria, I was 24 years old. Still pretty young, but it was what it was. And my mom used to joke that I was like a second time mom for my first child. But I think even with that, I was really like strict on making sure that she was at all her doctor's appointments and those were all kept on schedule and she got all her vaccines on time and you didn't give her cough medicine or cold medicine be while she was an infant um and we just took her into like hot showers so the steam can help her clear out her nose and like i was i was super strict don't eat anything off the floor make sure she's getting five what is it five times a day sleep at least 10 hours the whole nine there was a point where I was going to even try to make her own baby food, and thank God for Aria, she actually didn't like baby food at all, so she was just ended up eating whatever we would eat. But anyway, yeah, that was me and Aria, my first child. Fast forward a few years later, Malia comes along, and I sometimes forget how old she is. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. She's 16 months, by the way. No, wait. Seven, 17 now. Oh, crap. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. She's she's 17 months now. Almost a year and a half. And I... <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say how I just do not keep up with, like, how many words should she be speaking by this point? And, you know, is she trying enough different foods? Which is tricky for us because she has food allergies. And she is so behind on her vaccines so i live in hong kong and here we actually have free medical care if you have a hong kong id which is really great and so i can get her vaccines for free here but i don't and i was up really late last night because i couldn't stop thinking about how terrible i was for not taking malia to get her vaccines just a note, this is not a debate of, of are vaccines helpful, blah, blah, blah. No, don't even start that with me. Just listen to the story. Okay, thanks. So anyway, I was up all night and feeling super guilty about how I, I just don't keep up with Malia as I did Aria. And I was thinking, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna take her to the doctor. And then I started thinking about like, okay, why, Deanna? Why don't you want to take Malia to get her vaccines at the public clinic. And I was thinking, well, because they're going to question why I haven't done it yet, why am I so behind, and I'm gonna feel really judged, and they're gonna think I'm a bad mom. And so then I said, okay, Deanna, but why does that matter to you? Like, this is a one moment kind of thing, and when you start to keep up with it, they're not gonna remember who you are, they're just gonna see that her vaccines are done. So why does that matter? Why can't you just go for this one moment, endure it for one moment, and it'd be fine? And I answered myself because I don't want to make a bad impression because I live in Hong Kong. There aren't many black people here, much less black women, much less black moms. And... I may be their first or only encounter with a black person and I don't want to give them a bad impression of what black moms are like. I don't want them to see me being behind on her schedule and think that all black moms are this way. 
And once I came to that realization, I was able to put those thoughts to bed because I think there's something deeper there. And I felt like, okay, that's a good place to stop for now. You should take that to the podcast. So today on Loose Change, let's talk about carrying the weight of my race. When I first moved to Hong Kong, I didn't really give much thought into how people would see me or perceive me and my family. However, it didn't take long for me to get an idea between the staring, the non-consensual touching of me or my daughter, especially our hair, the secret and not-so-secret covert picture-taking, or even this one moment at the grocery store, one of our first shopping trips um, as a family, and we're being followed by security through the aisles. Yeah, so it was it was an interesting first impression, I guess, really, of, of me in Hong Kong and Hong Kong in me. I do also remember going to a black women's meetup which oh my god it was such a breath of fresh air to meet other black people especially black women that were living in hong kong and every meetup had a topic the i remember one in particular we were talking about stereotypes specifically um the angry black woman trope I remember there's this one woman, she was older, and she was kind of a world traveler, and she boasted that wherever she goes, she makes sure that she carries herself in a certain way, that she pre- the way that she presents herself is a good representation, basically, of the race, and this is, she knew that it was her job, her responsibility to portray herself in a certain way because she knew that she was representing really black people as a whole. And I remember feeling like that was a hard pill to swallow. Like I pushed back a little bit because there's not much room for mistakes or errors or being human in that. If I'm required to present myself as just this immaculate creature and not just you know as me like that's I feel like that I'd be living in the bondage of other people's perception of who black people are and trying to make sure that they get an a more accurate picture based on my behavior there's not much freedom in that, you know what I mean? And so that was a that was a bit of a struggle for me. And I it was actually a bit shocking to me that a lot of the women there agreed with her. So yeah. But I mean I get that. I think that's a shared experience a lot of minorities share when living in a place where you're like a really small group of you you try to almost be that model minority that that rep good representation of the race as a whole 
But stop and think about what a burden that must be. You must always be on your best behavior. You must not bring shame or dishonor, you know, this this culture that you belong to. You must stay current in all of your culture's most popular dance moves and music because what? You don't know that song? How could you of all people not know that song? You must assimilate to a degree but also live above reproach in in no way can you offend you must drink enough but not to excess you must be good at your job a good parent if you have kids you must work hard you know pull your weight so to speak and just really not offend anyone around you or the the majority of people around you could you do it (laughs) i can't do it (laughs) and really i'm not ashamed that i can't because literally no one can literally no one is perfect and yes there are some that are i guess better behaved than others but i like to believe that i'm a human being And human beings are really rough creatures. I don't know if you've met one lately. We go through a lot. We change a lot. We grow a lot. But more times than not, we miss the mark. We backtrack. We take two steps forward. Five steps back. We're not consistent. Even though we're creatures of habit. We don't always mean what we say. We don't always say what we mean. And... I prefer to live as a human being than a model minority. And I don't think that I need to live a certain way to be treated with dignity or respect. But hey, that's just my opinion. I think the idea of of being a black person in particular, there's so much that is attached to that. I love being black, don't get me wrong, I do. There's no but attached to that either. I just think when they see us, when they see us, when other races view me, it's, I get kind of two reactions. Some Most of the time it's two, it's either two actions. It's a judgment call on who I must be because of the color of my skin and what that actually means. Or it's, I don't see color, which means, again, there is something wrong with the color of my skin and what that means, but they don't see that. And uh, it's tough. It's just like, it gets really heavy sometimes. And you feel the weight of it, the less of you there are to help carry it. Does that make sense? Because there are less black people around me on a day-to-day basis, the more I feel like I have to carry that alone. I know friends that I close friends that I have that are black, we've talked about it, they kind of feel that too. I won't mention names because that's their own journey. I felt that way recently. It was actually on Christmas of the heaviness of being a black person 
when an old teacher of mine sent me a DM on Instagram to question my use of hashtags, specifically the hashtag black girls do travel. She questioned why I would feel the necessity to post things like that because one, it's ridiculous. Of course, black girls travel, all girls travel. And wouldn't I rather be a better representation wouldn't I rather be a better representation to all women everywhere? And hashtags like that are really divisive in her white woman opinion. And I shouldn't go into historical context talking about representation, who's had it worse, you know, why would I even feel the need to that? Because she was Italian. And, you know, Italians weren't so trendy back in the day. They were even considered black at one point. And so she understands what it means to be a black person. I don't know where she was going with this conversation, but it was infuriating. And the fact that I I really, I was, I was more so angry at myself because I felt the need to educate her. I felt the need, well, one, because she was ignorant. And yeah, so I felt the need to educate her so that she doesn't speak this way to other people because one, she sounded dumb and two, she sounded like just super unaware and entitled, entitled to alter my thinking and entitled to alter my opinion, to make me feel a certain way. And she brought this up on freaking Christmas when I'm with my family on vacation. Who does that? And that's actually, honestly, that's the only part she actually apologized for was that that she brought it up on Christmas. And she would love to chat more about this later. And I, I wasn't sure if it was because of my race that I felt the need to try to teach her or was it because like she was my teacher at one point or like I'm not sure what in me made me feel so what's the word like I felt like I had to keep responding like I I couldn't help it and I a few hours later, I realized how much time I was neglecting my family for these infuriating DMs. And so I, I signed off and I told her I'm not doing this anymore, which I'm glad I did. But after that, I couldn't figure out what to do next. Do I block her? Do I pull articles so she can read and then block her? Do I just unfollow her? Like, what do, what do I do next? And the fact that she made me feel that way and the fact that she just felt like she was so right... And, you know, there was no reason, nothing, I have every opportunity in the world, nothing has ever held me back. Oh, because she literally said, I don't see, she, her, this woman who literally only follows me on Instagram and Facebook, she sees in no way has being black ever held me back from anything in life. Based on my Instagram post. Am I the only one who thinks that actually sounds ridiculous that she could see if I've ever felt 
or faced racism in my life based on my Instagram posts. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> now that you say it like that, I feel a lot better. Because yeah, that's the most ridiculous statement that I might have ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> it's just so silly. What can I be upset at? So so foolish. <laughs> like she's got kind of, she sounds like the type of person that believes literally everything she reads on the internet. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god, I feel so much better. Oh my god. That's so funny. <sighs> well, with that being said, I'm going to call my children's doctors tomorrow <laughs> and schedule their vaccines. Look, people are going to think whatever, and you can only show them by your behavior who you are, not who the whole race is. And yes, they're going to interpret as the whole race, but just do you. It's fine. Life is hard enough without everyone staring at you and you trying to alter their perception of you. Dear listener, my accountability partner, I can only be me. And they're just going to have to deal with that as I grow, as I change, as I get worse, get better. They're just going to have to deal. And when they need to meet another black girl who's changing and growing, but in different ways than me, when they see more representation of us, that we're not just one thing, that we're not a monolith, that's maybe when they'll start to understand. But until that time, dear listener, know that I know that you are just you and not everyone else. You're not your race, but your race does matter as long as it matters to you, whatever. It doesn't define you, okay? And your race is also not a bad thing. It can never be a bad thing. I love being black. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Yeah, there you go. That's the way to end this. (laughs) Oh, God. I feel so good right now. All right. I'll talk to you later. Love you. Bye.